Buying staff won't help you. And a good example, I was just going to say, Holly, I love what you Mm. said before. The ultimate visual example that money doesn't make you happy is Hollywood, right? Yeah, Yeah, wow, that's good. Yeah, I mean, Hollywood is, there are some good people in Hollywood, but overall, you don't need me to tell you about Hollywood. Welcome to the 30 Days to Happiness podcast. I'm your host, Holly Smith, author of 30 Days to Happiness. Every week, I will share and bring you inspiration and motivation with actionable steps to build better habits, find purpose, and wake up happy every single day. Some of us find happiness in places, things, and even people. But what if I told you that your true happiness comes from you? Are you ready to get your formula for happiness? Let's go. Hello, Edward Zia. Thank you so much for jumping on to the 30 Days to Happiness podcast. How are you? I'm well, Holly Smith. As I was saying to you before, I'm at Crown Casino Sydney right now. And I thought, what better, more stylish place to talk to legendary Holly Smith and her fans? <laughs> it's awesome. It's so good to have you on here. I've known Ed for, I don't even know how long now. It's been quite a few years. Yeah, maybe four years? Four, four or five years. It's felt like about 30 years, Holly, but let's oh, say four years. I reckon. Yeah. And I can't even remember when I met you. It's been that long. So, it was definitely on LinkedIn. So Ed's like big on LinkedIn. He's a LinkedIn influencer, but he also has a really amazing story behind all of this because he's built an amazing business on LinkedIn, but he's an influencer and he's now influencing many other people to you know pursue their dreams as well. So Ed, do you want to just give us a bit of a background story of where you came from and where you are now? Oh, well, thank you. It's great being here. And thank you to you, Holly. I got to say you're killing it yourself. So uh, bravo mm-hmm. to you. Um, and yeah, I was going to say, so long story short, I'm, I'm from Australia. I'm a Victorian. I come from an Arabic Persian background, which explains my twang on my handsome Middle Eastern looks. Now skinny <laughs> looks, I've got five pounds left. Uh, but anyway, no, yep. seriously. Um, so originally, um, you know, grew up in a, grew up from, came from a very challenged background. I spent quite a few years in the foster system growing up. Uh, and eventually over time, I found myself joining the Australian army. So I actually was in, uh, in the army and, I did a lot of work in the army and also with the Australian Federal Police, known as the AFP, doing a lot of drug enforcement. So I did that, got injured very badly. Um, so that ended my government career and had a few few good years of working um, in actually um, in sales of actual things. I was actually in wow. working for a military supply, doing really well. Then my old PTSD and army injuries caught up with me, became homeless, lost everything. And I always make this funny joke, Holly. Can I make this funny joke to you and your fans? Go for it. <laughs> Well, I was unemployed, a loser living in my car. So I decided to become a coach and tell everyone else how to live their lives. What a, what, no hypocrisy there, right, Holly Smith? We're all going to start somewhere. So, how did that situation now turn into where you are now? Oh, well, what it was, I actually started off as a coach for a few years. And over time, I went into marketing. And then about two years ago, I was, for years, I was coaching and marketing or searching for my niche. And I found LinkedIn. And like you, Holly, LinkedIn was like love at first sight. Um, and I decided to become a LinkedIn specialist. And ever since that, life has been great. So all I do is focus on LinkedIn and business networking. And I forget about all those other shitty platforms that I care very little for these days. <laughs> there are so many platforms, hey, like TikTok. And you've got literally, they're just going to keep coming. So it makes me think, where the heck is social media going to be in 10 years' time? So you as an influencer, um, we all know that I, well, I personally, Think that influences on Instagram compared to Facebook, compared to Insta- yep. um, LinkedIn, like everyone's completely different. Yep. Um, 
what is your take on being an influencer and sharing your life on LinkedIn? And how is that different from the general typical executive kind of corporate world of LinkedIn? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. I suppose with influencer, I when I say influencer, I more mean business influencer. So that's probably yeah. more, like, like you. Like I would say you're a business influencer too, okay. right? Yeah. Um, in that you know, it's, I'm not so much, you know, I'm not, I'm not so much going to Dubai doing photos on the yacht, telling you how <laughs> awesome I am and all that. It's more a matter of me sharing business ideas, empowerment. And yeah, like, okay. you, like as much as you're a very attractive young lady and you could easily Thank do you. the Dubai shots, <laughs> um, you don't, you do all the professional yeah. business stuff. So I think I see influencer more as the take of delivering professional value. That's more where yeah, I sit okay. in. Yeah, that's awesome because a lot of people still come to me um, nowadays and they're like, oh, I just don't understand. Like, how can you be, you know, influence on LinkedIn? How does it work? Um, and not just influence, but how can you, like, you know, start making money and whatnot on LinkedIn? Now, Ed has built an amazing community, I have to say, like probably the foundational group that I've ever seen on LinkedIn. But you've built it up over, you know, many years uh, where everyone's engaged. Everyone is so engaged with each other. And what's it been like? from having no community to now having a community of followers and people in your community and paying for your community. Well, it's funny to say that because I see it as one big family. So it's funny. I don't see it as, I know the term is followers, right? I know know that's what it says on LinkedIn. Mm. I used to do followers. But I more see it as family. Like I see it as people I'm connected to. Uh, I see it as people that, I won't say look up to me, but they look for leadership and advice. And ultimately, uh, they look for an example to be set. And and so I see it as a very important, much like you do as well, Holly, and full power to you and your success too. I see it as more of a sense of responsibility. Hang on, I've got all these people that are relying Mm. on me for, and this might sound a bit over the top, but it's true. People rely on me for spiritual guidance. Um, I have people who, which I have people every day saying, look, Ed, I've just been divorced. Ed, I've been diagnosed with cancer. Um, Ed, my son tried to commit suicide. Yeah, uh, Ed, what do you think? So it's funny. It's even though I'm a LinkedIn business guy, mm. it often transcends that. And I've been, of all things, giving spiritual advice lately. So I made this funny joke to one of my wonderful friends yesterday. You'd like her. Um, I should call myself Pastor Ed and have like the collar and all that and be <laughs> drinking like uh, brandy all day or something. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Well, how do you go, um, I guess, transitioning into that with that hat on top. you've got like wearing many hats right you're a father um you're a husband you have business you have a community you have amazing um family slash connections <laughs> um but how do you go transitioning with different hats like if someone does come to you and say because obviously they like no one trusts you they've been looking at you for a while they appreciate and respect your advice so how do you go actually um kind of like being there for people and not getting too caught up with the emotion that it might jump onto yourself if that makes sense yeah brilliant question and um i'll give you an example a long time ago i actually did master's training in nlp being mirror oh, okay. I, don't, I don't talk about it too much because it's not no. part of what i do but i'm actually like a like a master practitioner in nlp right cool. some people think it's awesome some people think it's witchcraft whatever you think i totally respect that right? <laughs> whatever you think um but what i one thing they taught me when i did nlp was when you're helping people you need to be with them, but not completely with them. So you need to understand where they're coming from, but equally you've got to have a bit of a mental wall filtering for the emotion. So for example, um, and you know, I've actually, I know this sounds right out there, but just this happens though. I have a lot of people 
And you know some of these people. Of course, I'm not going to mm. out who they are, but I have some people that you wouldn't have picked who are reaching out to me saying they they've contemplated suicide, right? Yeah. And, and they're talking to me. They're, and these are very successful people mm-hmm. in a certain time. And they're reaching out to me. And the first thing I I say to them is, whilst I understand their problem and what they're feeling, at the same time, though, I've got an emotional wall protecting me. So you've got to maintain, yep. in a way, you've got to be available for people, but you've got to maintain your own internal strength. And yeah. not just to stay sane, but to, so you can stay you got to be understanding but also objective at the same time. And believe me, that can be a difficult balance. It's not an easy thing yeah. to maintain all the time. Oh, definitely, 100%. And um, it's as well when you've got, like, a lot of people who are in the very similar situations every single week. Like, obviously, love to be there for them, um, but I guess you do have to set boundaries and walls. Um, let's go back a little, if you're, if you're open to it, go back a little bit more into, I guess, where you grew up and how you grew up and how has that, I guess, affected your journey to where you are today? Like from, um, I mean, it could be emotionally, mentally, if you went through struggles um, to then being in the army and then homeless, living in your car to now having an amazing, awesome life, right? Yeah. You have gone through such a series of different emotions and I guess mental, different mental um, kind of like, things so yeah just where were you when i guess growing up compared to when you're a veteran to then homeless and what, what were like i guess the um the motions emotionally going through all that well i actually started off i was actually born in actually i'm from st kilda melbourne originally oh. so for those so for those that don't know st kilda it's a beautiful yet very cold beachside suburb i know you're from uh queensland holly so by your standards it would be like the antarctic right uh but um, a beautiful place. And um, and what happened to me, up until the age of 10, I had the best life as a child. So I had wonderful parents um, and, you know, I had a Commodore 64, I had kids' parties. I actually had a really, really good life. Mm. Then what happened was at about the age of 10, it was like um, the clock turned to midnight. Um, things went within the space of a month. My whole world got turned upside down. My mum, yeah, she's still around today, by the way, so... Um, even though I tell a dark story, relax, your mom's still around today. My mom was identified with terminal cancer and she was very sick, very on the edge of death, right? Yeah. And um, she couldn't look after anymore and my father left, right? And that was it, right? Wow. I was sort of gone. And it, it, was, it was a very tough time. So what happened to me, I actually spent a little bit of time homeless in between homes. I sort of got by on the goodwill of others for a while, but eventually I was living on the streets. Uh, eventually, um, I found my way into the Salvation Army, great people, and um, so I went up in the foster system. So I was in a foster system, ward of the state. And I spent a lot of, uh, probably for about the next five, six years, about 16, I got reunited with my family. Um, but it was interesting. I spent about a good five, six years in the system, like living in different homes, halfway houses. Yeah. And it, it was a real weird existence because it's sort of like, um, it, 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 well, the thing that has been, I've been processing a lot lately is, it only took me a few weeks to forget my own life. It was funny that mm. I remember when I was injected into this new world, after a month I couldn't even remember what my parents looked like. I even had trouble recalling wow. names. It was a very weird existence. It was an existence of a, a lot of strange times. But the thing is, a lot of people said, how did you get through it? Well, I didn't know anything else. To me, it was just normal. To me, it's mm. normal fighting every week. It's normal yeah, living wow. in places. It's, and I hate to, I'm not proud of this, but it's normal having to steal because you're hungry. It's, yeah. it's normal. So, yeah, wow. yeah. 
That's um, that's so crazy. And the thing is, that's it. It does become normal to have that fight or flight tendencies when you are in survival mode all the time, right? Yeah. Um, what would you say to someone who, uh, who has got had pretty a tough upbringing or a tough childhood, or feel like they've never really felt like they've had a home or they felt comfortable, um, and they've kind of brung that into their you know, young adulthood or their teenage years or even into their, you know, their family up, they're still carrying these emotional, I guess, baggages. What would you say to someone from, you know, leaving their past life behind or remembering it or learning from it and then moving forward? Yeah. Well, one thing I do say is uh, turning to God, I think, is very important. So what I say to people, and by the way, and a quick caveat here, is now I am, and I know it's the cross around your neck, so I'm definitely team Jesus, right? And I'm with you. But as a caveat, I'm not, as much as I want to preach Jesus and, you know, everyone should believe in Jesus and all that, mm. I actually don't mean that. What I mean by turn to God is you need to go back to your spiritual foundation. So, for example, um, some years ago, one of my wonderful friends from Western Sydney, young Muslim guy, he actually came to me basically with a similar situation. And I said, to, I didn't tell him to come to the church. I actually said, go to your local mosque, talk to your cleric, have a conversation. So I say to anyone, go back to your heritage and your cultural foundation. If you're an Indian, turn to your temple, speak to your Hindu leader. If you're a Muslim, talk to a cleric. If you're a Christian, talk to a priest or a pastor. If you're not into religion at all, I understand that, but talk to someone who's quite spiritual because the thing is is that if you've gone through that, buying stuff won't help you, Mm. right? Having a nice car, buying stuff, that won't help you. You need to talk to someone who's got a very strong spiritual foundation. It's funny, um, people of all faiths reach out to me in times mm. of crisis, because they know I've, hey, I'm, I'm not, I'm TG, I'm TG, Team Jesus, but I don't push it. But you need to reach out to someone with a spiritual foundation because buying stuff or working harder or the material world is not going to help you. Yeah, that's exactly right. And that's one of my chapters in my book, actually. And it's that yeah, people, places, yeah, people, places, right. and things and objects will not make you happy ever, really. They will make you happy for a short period of time and you may perceive them as um, you get that emotion you get from purchasing it or being in that place and it will make you happy for that period of time. Um, But internally and fulfilling and part of your purpose and identity, um, you can't rely on those things and external factors to make you happy. Um, So how have you found your purpose and if someone is struggling to find purpose or their identity, where would, what was your, what is your advice uh, in regards to where should they start? Yeah. So I found my purpose in very extreme situations, which I do not recommend for anyone watching. So I found my purpose by being a homeless veteran living in my car, right? Mm. Now, because I had time to think about things and I prayed to God and I really thought it through. Now, the way I found my purpose was quite extreme and brutal. And I'm not suggesting that to anyone watching, right? Um, there are much better ways of doing it than doing the extreme, let's become a homeless guy and figure it yeah. out that way. Not recommended, right? Definitely not recommended. I think the more sane way of doing it is you need to, um, a good way that a lot of people do it actually is actually take some time off. They go on a nice, beautiful holiday. And what I say on this beautiful holiday is don't spend at Blotto or eating food at a buffet on a cruise ship. Don't recommend <laughs> that. But more spend time detached from everything spend time to sort of go inwards and really really think about things because the thing is if you're just busy working working and working it's very hard to find your purpose you need i think you need time on your own to really uh go there so for example um again i come originally from an islamic background right Mm -hmm. and 
you know, um, you know, the Hajj is where a lot of Muslims will go to Mecca, you know, you know, annually to pray to Allah. And a lot of them do it to really figure out what they want to do in life. Yeah. Mm, interesting. A lot of Christians, for example, um, will think about that during Easter. You know, Easter, of course, in Christianity is a time for rebirth. You know, Jesus dies, comes back to the dead. Mm. A lot of people in the Easter break really think about their life too. So I think it's taking those holidays, again, and not, not just eating chocolate and getting drunk, but actually spending <laughs> some time on those holidays to really think through what you want to do in life. Yeah. And again, um, buying stuff won't help you. And a good example, I was just going to say, Holly, I love what mm. you said before. The ultimate visual example that money doesn't make you happy is Hollywood, right? Yeah, yeah wow, that's good. Yeah, I mean, Hollywood is, there are some good people in Hollywood, but overall, you don't need me to tell you that Hollywood has a few issues, right? <laughs> right? That's exactly right. And, 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 and interestingly, another point, just to add to what you're saying before, Holly, if you look at the people in Hollywood, the ones that are doing well in Hollywood are the religious ones. The ones who have no faith are the ones who go crazy and do weird stuff. Yeah, interesting. Hey, wow, that's amazing. So, yeah, I think all the time life is so busy and we can't reevaluate what what we're doing, why we're doing it, and our true identity if we're always consumed and stimulated by the outside world, right? So I think going away and doing that and thinking about it and asking yourself specific questions, absolutely crucial to finding a purpose. Um, Last question before we go into our four final questions I'm going to ask. Um, When you were a veteran, what was that like and... What tools did you do you use now that you've learnt back then? Yeah, probably, yeah, probably everything. Because when you when you've been for anyone who's been in the for anyone who's been in the service, right, whatever service it is, it's not so much you get certain skills that you bring out. It changes who you are as a person, right? Because in a way, like when you do be it police or military training, they literally reprogram you, and that's and they and that's not okay. its opinion. They openly say that, right? Yeah. So it's not so much that I then have to think back to all these skills. It's more a matter of they've reprogrammed you and they've trained you, right? So, for example, things like heightened senses, you know, um, discipline, you know, for example, in those sticky situations, hand-to-hand combat, for example. So it's yeah. not so much skills. But what I will say is the bit that I've really – and we are talking about this the other day – the bit mm. that I really took out of it was – and you know, I know you like this, Holly. This is totally, I'm going to sound like Holly Smith here, but it was not as attractive <laughs> or as young as you. Um, but it's motivation is useless. Discipline is everything. That's a, and we've had this conversation and I know you agree with it, but I'm very dark on motivation. I think motivation is stupid because yeah. it comes and goes, but discipline is here to stay with us. 100%. I love that. That's so good. And I think reminding ourselves of that is so crucial. All righty. I'm going to ask you these four questions. And I just want you to answer whatever comes on top of your head. Um, awesome. And I'm excited to hear these. So butterfly, giraffe, fire. No, sorry. No. Pretty much. <laughs> You're going to show me pictures from a book and I have to say butterfly, giraffe, caterpillar. No? Maybe. No. These are words. You've got to listen. <laughs> okay. All right. You ready? What yeah. is your favourite quote, saying or verse, which you currently live by? Um, this sounds awful, um, but from the film Starship Troopers, um, this is terrible. I've been saying with satire, kill them, kill them all. And what I mean by that is, I don't mean it, I don't mean violence. I mean go for it. So I, I've had a, it's a satirical kill them, kill them all from Starship Troopers. Has I been. love that. But in terms of not violence, but in terms of yeah. let's do it, take no prisoners, let's go. So that kind of cheesy American humour. 
I love that. That's so cool. And by the way, you have a great sense of humor. <laughs> and watch Starship Troopers. Great, greatest film ever. Great. Okay, satire. I'll put that on my to-do list. What are your three daily habits you would not trade for absolutely anything? Yeah, um, and you'll like these. Uh, minimum of twelve thousand steps a day. That's how I've slowed wow. down. That's yep. amazing. Twelve thousand steps a day. Not as much as you, but I'm trying, Holly Smith. Um, You're and, doing well. And um, so basically, uh, always. Focus on the give time to my family. That's very important. Twelve thousand steps a day and LinkedIn. Basically, the three things I love on family, exercise, and LinkedIn. Perfect. Love it. Love it. Love it. That's awesome. Alrighty. What would you say to someone who feels like giving up right now? Yeah. If you if you feel like giving up now, I would tell you just to stop and think. Right. Stop and think and try and think a bit more strategically because you could be giving up in business, in an important relationship, giving up in life. Quite often you're just tired. You might just need a bit of time off. You might need a weekend. So let's say you've really reached a point in your life where you're really thinking about giving up. If you're thinking very dark thoughts, please speak to someone and get some help. You know, speak to Holly, speak to me, speak to a person of faith. Um, if you're a matter of, let's say you're in business or things aren't working out, don't just give up. Have a good night, good night's rest and really think things through because quite often, you know, and Elon Musk will say this, right, is that, you know, you're going to have a lot of dark, successful people have a lot of dark days. Yeah. And if you give up during those dark days, then you're not going to be very successful in life. That's it. And I love that because it always reminds me that no matter if you keep trying, you're eventually going to succeed. And it's it, the more you put yourself forward, the more times where you're going to have that are up and down. And that's just a habit that you have to build, hey, to get back up. And as an example, I want to use you as, an, you as an example, Holly, because let's face it, right? I mean, um, I'm not going to ask your age because a man should never ask a lady's age, but let's just say you're 25 for argument's sake. Can I say that just for argument's sure. sake? So you're 25 for argument's sake, right? And, and you've achieved more, and, and I say this with absolute, it's demonstrably true. You at the age of 25 have achieved more than most people do at the age of 50, right? And then the question is, how does Holly Smith do that? And I would say, you know, the, the, the key, one of the key reasons are is you have such high levels of discipline. You've made yourself do things that most other people who are in their 50s can't. Yeah, well, yeah. To be honest, discipline is everything. Discipline habits pretty much equals what you're going to achieve. That's awesome. Thanks, Ed. Appreciate that. Awesome. Last question. What is your definition of happiness? Uh, my definition of happiness is that it varies for everyone. So there's my little get out of jail free card there. <laughs> but I, I, I look at um, happiness in a very holistic, multifaceted aspect, right? So I personally see happiness as a mixture of money, like you know, financial, faith, freedom, friends, family, you know, um, spirituality. So I kind of see happiness as not so much I need to I need to earn more money to be happy, not at all. I need more of the, let's say, these eight different pillars to be healthy and successful. So, for example, as you know, um, I did a real, and I say this with shame and regret, I did a very poor job of looking after my health during lockdown. I put on a lot of weight and all that. That pulled my whole life down. You know, when I was sort of fat and unhealthy, that's made me suffer in all other areas. So, to me, it's like everything. You've got to have success in, you've got to, have, you've got to be successful in all areas of your life for it to stack up and work. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Eddie. You're so inspirational uh, and such a cool guy. Appreciate your time and thank you for jumping on the podcast.
And I was just going to say, Holly, um, it was great seeing you in Brisbane on Friday. And I love your book. That was powerful what you did in your book out, Holly. You're right Thank on the money. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah, I'm really, really happy with it. Um, and for what's to come as well with the podcast and the course and everything that's that's going on. But, yeah, awesome. If there's one takeaway that someone should take away or one action step that someone should take away from this podcast, what do you think that should be, Ed? I think the action step is reach out and meet new people every day. Very yeah. important. Be it go to a meetup group, meet some people. If a friend invites you at a you to a party, go. Um, if you're on LinkedIn, connect and reach out to some interesting people because, as um, I'll quote Adrian Lee here, as our wonderful friend uh, Adrian Lee always says, "You're only one person away from someone who can change your whole life." Yes, I was about to say that. <laughs> Oh, there you go. We're all Shout ripping Adrian. up Adrian Lee here, aren't yeah. we? Yeah, we so are. Well, thank you so much, Ed. If you don't know Ed, go follow him on LinkedIn. I'm sure he will be straight into your DMs because I think you're the fastest replier I think I've ever met in my life. Um, and, yeah, you'll learn lots from Ed. So go connect with him on LinkedIn. Uh, is there anywhere else you would like people to follow or find you? Oh, just just um, LinkedIn, of course, is the way it goes. And an honourable shout-out to Lassie as well. Lassie is my wonderful wife. Please reach out to Lassie too. And, of course, back on you, Holly Smith. Um, if you, if it's any of my fans are listening and you haven't connected with Holly, you need to rectify that situation immediately. <laughs> Love that. Thank you so much, Ed. Appreciate you. Oh, thank you so much. Appreciate you all. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. It's now time to grab that knowledge you gained and put it into action because knowledge without action is wasted opportunity. Our mission is to help the people on this earth to wake up happy every single day. If you know someone who could benefit from this episode, please share it with them. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe or feel free to leave us a review. We appreciate you. And if you haven't already, grab your copy of 30 Days to Happiness right now at 30daystohappiness.com.au. Have a fabulous day.